All right, we're here once again, once again, with a new Ideas I Had episode. And this is actually going to be um, that, as well as a... I feel like I want to make this a love of money thing as well. But I'm trying to round it all up into one concise, segmented episode. To where now, to where I will have a full-on episode, so to speak. So I won't have any. <laughs> to where I'll have a a real episode. I'll say it that way, where it's not just segmented out. So that way, whenever I have a episode that is specific to the Claudecast, meaning something that's not book reading related or Substack article related, it will be something you can expect to hear something like this. Um, and ideas I had, a rant and a love of money issue, something like that, and maybe even more in the future, but this is the plan. So, having said all that, I want to go ahead and get started with this, with the whole reason why I started the um, ideas I had in general. It, it, It all started whenever I started watching the Raspberry Pi projects. And these are just videos people put together on projects they've found and projects that they've tried with Raspberry Pis. And there's so many different projects that you can try that people decided to start making playlists, essentially, with how many different projects they knew about, heard about, whatever. So I thought, well, that sounds kind of cool. Let me see if I can figure out a project that I could do with one of these little microcomputers. So I bought one, but I bought this one for the sole purpose of having it be a a game console, a retro game console. The problem is the retro game console Raspberry Pi that I bought off of Amazon was... mm, It had games that I've never played, which isn't a big deal. That's kind of the whole point of having a console that plays old games is to play games you haven't played before. But the controllers weren't easily mappable to every single old game so kind of sucked in that regard and I thought there's got to be different things that I can do with this so I never really followed a true tutorial on how to do something different with it I'd always either be missing a module or who knows what and and then it just sat there on the shelf for a very long time and since then either it's because I bought it or it's just something had been switched on in my mind I just started getting new ideas for how to use it differently than anything I'd ever seen before. So because of that, ideas would just start popping into my mind. And I'd wonder a little bit as to whether or not these ideas were my own. I mean, like, obviously it's mine. It came from me. But I wasn't necessarily thinking about it. Something just kind of, pow, hit me right in the kisser in the middle of nowhere. I'd have an idea that would pop up that's completely unrelated to anything, which is what I'm going to get into with today's ideas I had. But today's ideas I had, it's, it makes sense why I had this idea, and I'll explain why. But this is kind of the idea, and, and I, I just wanted, I, I thought to myself, what if, what if I just wrote down or recorded out every single time I had one of these ideas? And that's basically what this segment has turned into. It's, it's, an ideas that an idea that I had 
that's been recorded or written down so that way it's out of my mind but also it's something that maybe can be put out there so that way someone can figure out what they'd want to do with it so having said all that getting into the whole origin of it let's get into the idea i had so the idea i had was this i guess it might be better if i told you where it came from so i put together a plex server and my plex server is just full of whatever i desire to be on it so my kids were watching a bunch of just garbage youtube just youtube kids just garbage it's it really is it's just that if, if you thought that watching youtube as an adult and then just getting lost in a three-hour rabbit trail into videos about i don't know alternate wind power ultimate so alternate forms of energy in norway or something it, it has it does nothing to enrich your life it's just there good just garbage it's worse on youtube kids and it just now that's what their their channels are plagued with so i decided to say forget that let me download what i think would be great for them educational um just a little bit of that mind-numbing stuff that would keep them engaged the stuff that is still slightly educational you know in, in the sense that hey now you know your color is better or now you know how to count better or now you know what to look out for in real life being gorillas and quicksand so i downloaded a bunch of that ryan's toys review stuff and uh blippy stuff and um i think number blocks and a, a bunch of these slightly educational videos and i thought to myself why don't i just download things for myself as well just load up the server with anything that i want so i went through youtube and i downloaded i think over a hundred permaculture videos uh a bunch of home crafts videos uh home improvement videos handyman videos everything that i think i'd enjoy and then i also downloaded cooking videos god forbid the internet goes down i'll have a server that would just be connected to a home Wi-Fi router if the internet went down, and that router would broadcast its own Wi-Fi signal where it would be able to transfer all of this data, meaning video files, through the Plex app. So everything would be hunky-dory. Well, I decided to download Joshua Weissman's videos. And Joshua Weissman is, he's a millennial, but a younger one, so he tends to be more gen z in his attitude and i say that because i have a gen z little brother and that guy acts just like this guy and it's it is what it is you just you'll know that that person is gen z if not by their face by their actions he is an amazing chef though just great very good at breaking things down but he mumbles so much it gets under my skin the mumbling and it does because i still mumble quite a bit and when i listen to him i hear myself mumbling we don't even have the same tone of voice, I don't think. That's my ears, but that's beside the point. Downloaded a bunch of his videos, and I realized this guy is really good on his But Cheaper channel, or a series of videos, at breaking down the cost of how much it is to actually make every single thing that's in his videos. So I thought, what if, because he's got a cookbook and I got that as well, what if I took every single item in his cookbook grabbed an api for either instacart or the walmart api if there's one for whole foods which there should be and i'm pretty sure there is one for whole foods if it's not then it's instacart but you get one of these apis and you put together an excel spreadsheet this spreadsheet would have every single ingredient that this guy has in his books in his cookbooks so 
beginning to end, you go through his cookbook and you write down every single ingredient. If you have one already, then it would just scrub away the extra and you just continue on writing down all the ingredients. And there's, there's most likely a good way to automate this with Python, but I can't think of the way to do it right now, and I'd be racking my brain to do that. Either way, get all the ingredients, put it on an Excel spreadsheet, a CSV file of some sort, if that's the best way. Probably isn't. Maybe a text file would be easier, but still. You take that file, and then you send every single ingredient to this API. Then you add a new cell to that spreadsheet, if it's a spreadsheet, you add a new cell, or if it's a, a JSON file, that'd be probably better formatted for the future, I'm not sure, uh, maybe for application usage. Still, somehow, you would get it formatted to where you have the name of the item, the price of it, and the amount of that item that comes in each package serving milliliter, the measurement of how much is in each container that you have bought of it. Container being a bag or an actual, when you think of container, that what a container is. What you would do at that point is you would reference that. So let's say you bought one jar of ketchup, a bottle of ketchup, and one jar of jam. Every recipe that requires a little bit of ketchup would let you know exactly how much of that ketchup is necessary. And this guy is very good at giving in his videos and in his uh, recipe book the milliliter or the amount in grams of how much is necessary to complete each recipe. So you would have the cost breakdown. So you would take the amount of that item and divide that by the price of the item. So that way you would get a uh, price per milliliter or price per gram ratio per item. That would give you the price of every single meal per serving as well. So you'd have your recipes, but you would also have a price per serving and how much will be expended from your total amount of ingredients that you have in your cabinet from when you first made your purchase of every single ingredient that you need for every single ingredient on that spreadsheet or uh, list of recipes. So over time, you would have, you, you would accrue a list of, a total list of how many ingredients are necessary to make however many recipes you have chosen are the ones that you enjoy or the ones that you want to try or anything of the nature. Eventually, you would have this list of ingredients updating on a regular basis based on what's been made. So let's say you decide, this is what I'm going to make today. As soon as you agree that this is what's going to be made, instantly all the math would be done on the back end of this spreadsheet application, whatever you may call it, that would remove from your total count of ingredients how much has been used for that recipe based on how much it calls for. Then it would, after so many recipes that you've made, it would just reduce the amount that you have uh, in your pantry, as well as the amount that is reflected on your spreadsheet until you get to a low enough amount that the spreadsheet itself would only bring to the forefront of 
available recipes to make of how much ingredients you have in your cabinet. So to make that a little clearer, if you only have one ounce of ketchup left, you can't make a all-American hot dog because you don't have enough uh, ketchup that is required to make that all-American hot dog. So that recipe would be uh, hidden away until you replenished your ketchup supply and every other bit of supply. And then if you wanted to, you can just hit an export button that would export your ingredients list and how much is necessary to refill your uh, uh, pantry. And there you go. From then, you would have a cost analysis that would be live updated. So this is automatically adjusted for inflation. It would be automatically updated to reflect the current market prices for every single ingredient that you would ever need. And I believe you should be starting to get the idea. If this is a spreadsheet, perfect. That works very well in that regard. I need to learn how to do spreadsheets better. And I found a resource on YouTube that should help me. I just need to actually pull the trigger and go for it. But if that's the case, that would be what would happen. You would get, you would get your spreadsheet formatted just right to where it would have all of this happen, whether it's multiple pages or all in one page and then you have one focus area or if you use that as the database that would communicate with a front end UI that's a lot nicer and prettier to look at which is kind of the intention behind all this is to make it pretty and user friendly however this works that's the idea I think what would be used is Excel or a CSV file as the back end the database end of it and then something else as the front-end UI. So that way it all just flows nicely. You have your database in the background, and you can update it as, by, as easily as just copying and pasting more recipes to their cells, if it's that easy. I'm not sure. I'll have to figure that out by learning more about Excel. But that's, that's the idea in a nutshell. An automated recipe book that gives you a cost breakdown and is synced live, essentially, with what's in your pantry. And that's it. If you go through your pantry and start using a certain amount, it's up to you to understand that you have to update that in your spreadsheet. Unless, unless there's some way to automate that as well, which would be as simple, simple as putting a camera in the pantry that would use computer vision to see what has been removed from what what would you call it? What has been removed from what shelf? And then it would assume how much had been removed unless you add a scale on each shelf that would all that would also tell you how much weight has been removed. Yeah, that's 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 a whole nother that's a big project, but maybe that could even be implemented somehow. Either way, that's the idea that I had. So that's that. I want to move into money being the root of all evil. I need to get a jingle for that, for the money being the root of all evil. Just kind of, I don't know, some, some jingle, some pop culture song that gives you the idea that you're moving into a new segment, and this one would be the introduction to that segment. I'll have a segment set up for the ideas I had, and then a, one for the love of money, and then one for the value for value segment, just whatever there is. And I'll test those, and then I'll use... Um, I'll use different sound pads for 
different things in here so that way everything just sounds better sounds cleaner and hopefully hopefully it just makes for a better project and someone won't come through and say that's stupid yeah hopefully moving along love of money segment or actually i'm gonna save that i'm gonna save that for later because i have something of a grouse i need to have a grousing segment as well something that i can just get off my chest as a gripe that i can grouse about so that's what i'm gonna do right now i'm gonna grouse about something what i want to grouse about is antidepressants in the church that i go to there are quite a number of people that believe antidepressants are actually a that's not how i should phrase it they believe that depression is not something that is that should be recognized medically i'll say it that way there are some people that i think might be coming around in in my church but there's plenty of other people that believe the way that these people used to believe if they're if they're actually making that turn but if they're not then they believe the same way they think that depression is a demon a possessing demon that needs to be cast out sounds woo woo to anyone who's not in the uh religious sphere but but and even people who are in the religious sphere uh will think this if they're of the baptist persuasion or any other persuasion than Pentecostal, most likely. But these people believe that the, the people that are in the church that might be making a turn think that depression is a possessing demon that needs to be cast out. And obviously I disagree, and I'm just trying to say this to... I'm not trying to dehumanize them or make a straw man or make them out to be idiots in saying what I'm saying. I'm trying to humanize them in in the way that I'm saying this. It helps everyone if you do. So, I'm saying it as nicely as possible, trying to reinforce their argument better than they can, just by using words that everyone can understand. So, the, there's a big problem with that, one being that it's, it's clearly untrue, but here's, here's something that I'm seeing with the people who push that idea. People who push that idea, that depression isn't anything other than a possessing devil that can be cast out at any time is that it seems that these people haven't experienced and i can say this because i can see their lives as much as i can see it these people haven't experienced true loss in their life which is kind of a standard form of depression or a standard activator of depression in anyone's life is to experience true loss so to say that it's all just a devil or a demon that's that's possessing you is to completely negate the fact that these people could be experiencing true loss. And I'm saying that because I can use my mom as a clear example of this. In one year, not even not even ten months apart, she had lost my sister to brain cancer. And that that, that was a long time coming meaning that my sister had been suffering with it for, I think, over a year and a half to two years. And that was just a long time coming. We, everybody understood that it was kind of going to end up that way, but it hit her then. Then she had a miscarriage shortly thereafter because she was pregnant at the time. And then she lost her father to liver cancer. 
So my grandpa, my grandpa, a sibling, and another sibling all passed away within a 10-month period, and it was all that close to my mom. So it just hit to a terrible degree, and my mom sank into a depression. That's the kind of depression that everyone can agree upon as that person deserves to be in the state of depression that they are. Everyone can agree. Because there are, I'll say that because even these people who believe that it's a demon could sympathize with that idea. At least, at least empathize with that idea. But then there's the kind of depression that kind of gives their idea credence. Uh, Credence. If you're the person that is of the mindset that you can understand where it's coming from, this gives them credence. Someone who has everything going for them. And I'm not saying in any superficial sense. I mean, actually, in a real sense, they have most of their bills paid, if not all of them. They're not in crippling debt. And even if they are in debt, it's not something that they're not on top of. They have a family, a healthy family that isn't seeing hard times. Materially, they have everything they need. So I can skip all the other examples of material uh, possessions that should consider them to be in a good position. In a community sense, they're either in a spot where they are helping others, meaning they're so well off they're helping others, or they're in a position where they're not relying on anyone. So they're not, they don't rely on anyone, but they're also not helping anyone. They're just right in the middle where they're they're self-sufficient community-wise. So by all appearances, they're still, they, they, they are, they have no reason necessarily to be depressed. But they still are. What can we attribute that to? I'm going to leave an extra long pause there. Because I want that to actually be something we can think about. Why would those people be depressed? What would cause that? Because I'm going to argue that it is a chemical imbalance in that person's body. Whether it's hormonal or whether it's something to do with the organs in their body. And I'll give this as an example. And then I'll explain a little bit as to what I've understood by listening to the experts along the way. And I'm saying it that way because I don't like to take everyone's word at face value just because they're called an expert. I'll continue on that point in a moment. But as an example, everyone knows, and this is everyone, even people who are cloistered, know that people can be born with defects. And, and mo- mo- most of these defects that you'll see and that you'll accept are the ones that are perceivable. Meaning, someone's born without a limb. Someone's born with a sixth appendage, being a sixth toe or a sixth finger. Or someone is born w- with a lack of one of their five key senses. Uh, vision, smell, taste, touch, any of those. I always forget one of them. Vision, olfactory senses, auditory senses touching senses. I got them all. I don't know. Anyway, someone will be born without one of those senses. Without one of those senses, everyone can see visually. Everyone can understand that that person had been either born with the defect or they are suffering from something happening to them while they were born 
that would cause him to lose one of those senses. Well, in the same exact way that someone can be born with one of their five main senses being impeded or gone, same thing can happen with an internal organ. Some children are born with their stomach inverted. Some are born with... uh, I can't come up with all these different examples, but I can't because I, I I don't... Not off the top of my head, I should have done some more research on this, but any example, hole in the heart, hole in the intestines, the intestines aren't working properly, they're wrapped around another internal organ, they're born without a rib cage, or their heart is on the outside of their chest, different things happen on the inside of your body, and this is just a fact of nature, that things can happen and go wrong. Well, that's the case. In your body... There's plenty of things that determine how much serotonin is produced in your body, but your serotonin levels dictate whether you are in a state of depression or not. And the reason why we know this is because if you manipulate the serotonin levels in the person's body using SSRIs, that would actually cause them to be removed from their state of depression. So, if there is a way to take care of a problem such as losing one of your five key senses and there's a way to fix that and someone does it and they get healed of that issue there is a praise to that person to the doctor to the lord for allowing it to happen for assisting in it by assisting the doctor's hand and by making sure things go off without a hitch everything works out well But as soon as someone starts treating their depression medically, it seems like, it seems like there should be more fanfare than there is. It seems like people are quick to say, oh, well, that's so sad that they have to be taking SSRIs. That's so sad that they have to be on antidepressant medication. How could that ever have been? How could that be? When it's as simple as realizing this is what happens to people. This could happen to you. Am I coming? I don't know if I'm coming across clearly enough. The people that I spoke to think that depression is a devil. When they either haven't experienced true loss, being the traditionally acceptable version of, and I think that, I think that they would do better and the world would do better if everyone started thinking like Claude does. No. If we all could get to a position where we would think a little bit more into the root causes of things, which would allow us to be more nuanced in our judgments or in our acceptance of certain situations. I'm trying to choose my words carefully so I don't say something that in three years from now can be held over my head as if I'm some sort of right-wing conspiracy theorists or something. I don't know. I don't know. It's getting late for me. I really wanted to record this so I could have a full podcast episode with clearly defined segments that should be better clearly defined by jingles I would transition you into it. Speaking of such, I've actually made one for the value for value segment. Thank <laughs> you.
And we love, yes we do, we love new money here. We love it so much, in fact, that I've converted completely, converted, <laughs> I've always been on the value for value model, which in all reality just means that I've taken a vow of poverty, meaning that any value that you receive off this show, whether it be, I don't know, you got something out of my ideas I had where you decided, hey, I needed an idea to work on and you gave me one, I'm going to go for it. Or whether or not I actually make something out of that idea and then I link it in the com or in the show notes and then say, enjoy it, have fun with it. Or whether you just decided, hey, you know what? This guy didn't talk about something. I need him to talk about this. And then you send me an email to my email that's linked in my website, that's linked in the show notes. Somehow you decided, even just listening is donating your time. Somehow you decided, this guy, this guy, what's his name? Claude? The Claudecast? Yeah, that guy needs some value. He gave me some value. He needs some. That is what I want. I want a true value for value exchange. And that's the whole point of this. That's the whole point of this segment right here. Go ahead and donate it. I follow the three T's, the time, talent, and treasure of the value for value system. That will be explained much better whenever Adam Curry actually writes down his manifesto. I read it first and then, you know, just read it for myself and then read it aloud for everyone to hear. That's what I want out of this. But before, before we round out the value for value segment, I want to talk about my very first boostagram. Got my first one. Let's talk about the guy who gave it to me. His name is, um, hard for me to pronounce because I'm not sure if I'm going to pronounce it wrong. It's spelled Petar. Could be Peter, but it's P-E-T-A-R. That's, that's his, ha his handle right there. So if I'm pronouncing it wrong, that sucks, but... You can send another boostergram to tell me if I'm wrong. But um, he donated 1,222 sats. So that's actually surprising to me that I got that. But he donated on the 25th. So this has been a while coming to get this um, episode published and edited. I actually moved from my old podcasting host at Red Circle over to RSS.com. So in that process, I checked on all the boosts that may have come in and Lo and behold, I got my very first boost from Pitar. So, <clears throat> I'd like to read his boostergram. He says, As someone who's been operating power grades for 17 years, I hate to tell you, You got all the things wrong here. ERCOT and Avista are not equivalent type organizations. Texas has plenty of coal plants which also failed. Capacitors don't store power. Batteries, which are still largely vaporware can and do respond extremely quickly to stabilize gen and load balance. I'm sorry, no. He did not read it like that. I'll bet you... No, no, he didn't. He says, You got all the things wrong here. ERCOT and Avista are not equivalent-type organizations. Texas has plenty of coal plants which also failed. Capacitors don't store power. Batteries, which are still largely vaporware, can and do respond extremely quickly to stabilize gen and load balance. That being said, I do agree... Short-term thinking and politics created a reliability risk, but as with all catastrophes, it was multifactorial. Thank you, Pitar. Pitar, Peter, thank you. Thank you for the boost. Thank you for correcting me. And just as a little side note, 
Back in the day when I started my very first podcast, I named it I'm No Genius because I'm not a genius and I'm not very smart. I'm just reading what I'm reading and hearing what I'm hearing and trying to piece it all together. So my initial impression was I'm going to do Bible studies publicly and let anyone who thinks I'm wrong tell me I'm wrong, which is just asking for way more criticism with probably that same tone of voice that I put before and asking for it a lot more than I am with this idea of the podcast that I'm running. So thank you for that. I hadn't had any constructive criticism or anything that I, there was no way necessarily other than, hey, email me, like I said, on the first half of the donation segment. Now that I get boostergrams, it's as easy as Pitar sending me a note telling me, hey, I'm wrong. And and I'm glad that he did. I'm, I wish for this day to have interaction with people and have them tell me you're wrong. Funny to say it that way, but that's that's exactly what it was. Either way, I just want to say one more time, thank you, Pitar. Peter, let me know what your name really is. You don't have to send in a, a large boost and I'll even boost you back. I got your handle on Fountain, so I'll get you back. Just let me know how to pronounce your name properly. And um, yeah, that's that's the uh, donation segment. Pretty stoked. Pretty stoked that I got my first, uh, my first boostogram. I'll see you guys in the next one. Peace.